Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 414. No road is impassable for the tenacious. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts, and Happy New Year. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, David Nayans. David, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm good to go. Awesome. Great to have you here on this New Year's Day. Based from a home office in Ontario, Canada, on the north shore of Lake Erie, David Nayans combines his lifelong love of all things automotive With a background in history, he writes classic car auction catalogs for a number of the top companies out there, and David provides research services for owners and buyers of significant cars and offers an auction advisory service for sellers and buyers. Other activities include research and organizing sales of classic aircraft, warbirds, aircraft engines, and memorabilia for friends and clients. His favorite quote, for the tenacious, no road is impassable. David, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. I'm uh, actually fairly new to the uh, the uh, classic car business. I started as a professional writer uh, writing auction catalog descriptions back in 2008. And uh, the fun thing about that was um, uh, I got started in response to a newspaper ad from an auction company looking for uh, writers to help them out with their uh, their editorial needs uh, that were uh, really intense uh, that year and their business had been growing by leaps and bounds. So uh, on my birthday uh, uh, in 2007, uh, at the end of 2007, on Boxing Day, I saw that ad and uh, replied and never looked back. <laughs> you know... This is so cool. I had several guests here on Cars. Yeah, Diane Brandon comes to to mind. She's the first uh, female guest I've had on Cars. Yeah, and she writes a lot for the auction houses. She's a Bentley Rolls Royce expert, and I've had several right. and several others as well. So uh, you're in good company here, and it's so cool that you made that pivot, that shift on Boxing Day, which is kind of a neat thing as well to get into the automotive industry. And we're so glad that you're part of our fun crowd now. 
As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. You're a wordsmith. You're a writing guy, so I'm hoping you've got something fun for me today. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, David, take the wheel. Sure. I had a few uh, inspirational quotes, but uh, narrowed it down to my favorite. And that's from Spiker, uh, which uh, started in the aviation business in 1911. Oh, from, yeah. As I, and... Um, my favorite quote from them uh, is uh, their company motto, uh, no road is impassable for the tenacious. Well, I mentioned that in your intro, and yeah, I'd love to hear how have you incorporated that great quote. I love that. And Spiker, and the Spiker cars, of course, just incredible, amazing vehicles. I've seen many of them at Pebble Beach, of course. But how have you incorporated this quote into your life and what you do? Well, I came from the uh, financial service industry and as uh, in my prior career and uh, always every conversation with most of my clients ended up coming around to classic cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, times change and careers shift and change uh, just uh, more probably more than ever before and uh, you have to be adaptable and uh, I found that that quote from Spiker uh, sums it all up, you know, you have to stick to your passion, stick to what you uh, uh, know is right, and uh, uh, there will be obstacles, but if you uh, you know what 's right for you, you will uh, press forward and press on and uh, just like Hannibal once said to uh, you know we 'll find a way or we 'll make one The entrepreneurs that i 've had on this show, and many most of my guests are entrepreneurial tenaciousness, persistence, that uh, get her done type of mentality is so, so important because we all have roller coasters. Things are up one day and down the next day, and you never quite know what's coming next. And for you, the automotive industry has just been exploding lately. So I would imagine you're very busy. Absolutely. uh, I usually have several projects on the go at any given time. I also have some books in the background that I'm trying to flesh out and develop as well uh, as time permits. So, um, and also in the, in the auction industry, everything is time driven. You, you know, there's many events, many uh, many auctions, many concours events, many shows, and there's deadlines for editorial all the time. But you know, if you can, you know, stay stay focused, and uh, sometimes you know, I mean, uh, being adaptable uh, helps you get you get you through some long hours, and uh, in terms of getting things done, and uh, you know, and making the most use of the 24 hours we're given. Oh gosh, absolutely. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment you remember when you really realized you were a car guy? And I'm going to, you know, I think this is going to be a neat answer because you came from another industry, but have have you been a car guy your whole life? Totally. I think probably mm, the most pivotal, uh, the earliest one would be I was just about age six. I saw uh, the the cover of the brand new uh, edition of Hot Rod Magazine at our local local, uh, variety store. And uh, my dad bought it. He said, you know, son, would you like that? And I said, sure. Yeah, 75 cents was uh, was paid, and I had my first copy of uh, of Hot Rod. Uh, that's the May 1972 edition with uh, uh, Jack Chrisman's uh, Sidewinder funny car on the front. Uh, <laughs> I remember it well. Very cool. You know, I've had many guests here that uh, those Peterson publications, Hot Rod Magazine, and many of the others were were one of those things that got them started. I had one guest that uh, used to sneak over to his next-door neighbor's trash and pull the old car magazines out of his trash and run back in his house and sit and go through them and 
and watch that was me <laughs> that was you yeah oh if i if i found any of that discarded uh, any of those uh, those magazines discarded uh, they ended up in my uh, my home library <laughs> great i love it well david what i'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a huge challenge or even better a great failure that you faced along the way this is a really important part of our talk here on cars yeah for those listeners who might be going through challenges and haven't quite figured out a way out but more importantly tell us how you overcame that situation and what did you learn from it oh there's a few <laughs> <laughs> um the best kind of experience that that i can relate would be having been having been in the um, a banker and going through uh um different staffing uh downsizings and things like that and 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 then finally uh when the opportunity came to to uh start a new career and uh and and uh get a uh, get going with that I embraced it I didn't fear it I was very happy about it um because it meant I could fulfill that uh, that desire that that passion inside of me to be an entrepreneur unfortunately it was in uh in uh, financial sales and what I did, though, while going through the bumps in the road of trying to start, establish, and run a business, I just really became far more outgoing than ever before uh, in terms of trying to get business and develop that business and take care of my clients. And what that did, that forced me to look at things a little differently, more outside the box, uh, be a lot more outgoing with uh, business development, making connections with people. I thought I was already quite outgoing. When you work for yourself, that that really the rubber really meets the road with that. So I learned a lot with that. But during that time, I was actually able to shift over to uh, catalog writing. And and I guess when you're knocking on doors to do business and uh, reaching out to people, you know, seeing an opportunity and knowing when to take action, just that was really the the big transition for me. And and I was ready. My wife was totally supportive of me changing completely changing industry. I used to go and visit uh, some auction companies and actually, you know, purchase or re- or get their old catalogs and pour over them. So I was already well armed for a, you know, taking a run at uh, at uh, writing instead. Sure, so. sure. Well, I think the t- the key takeaway there is step outside that comfort zone, uh, discover what it is about yourself that you need to improve and sharpen that saw, if you will, to use an old term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just put yourself out there. Get out there in front of people. Talk to people. Right. That's right, and 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 all my conversations with people, even at in business, they knew I loved classic cars or performance cars, and 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 the funny thing is, every conversation would turn at the end of it all to something car related. So uh, even my colleagues, my former colleagues too, they all either had performance cars in the past, or you know they they'd bring their pictures and snapshots in to show me at the office. So it was just it's kind of a just a perfect transition. Awesome, great story. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career aha moment. I like to say it's when the headlights come on and illuminated your way for this new idea, this new direction you had. And tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Absolutely. That would certainly be when I realized after being getting my feet wet in the auction business, I loved the excitement of it and I loved dealing with the cars and the people are really interesting. And I started kind of realizing that there's far more um, con- need for content and far more need for good writing and, and editorial work online and in print even. I mean, people think print's dead. It's far from it. But with all the web properties that are out there, there's 
an unprecedented demand for writing and, and good writing and sales-driven writing. And so I started drilling down and started listening to and seeking out podcasts, blog posts, um, audios, anything, any kind of training or any kind of um, material that I could consume. And I, and I consumed a lot of it in terms of what, what, what is good copy, what is effective writing, what motivates people, what pushes their hot buttons and makes them emotionally invested in whatever it is that's on offer. And it could be a multi-million dollar Ferrari, it could be a modern day performance car, it could be, you know, mom's Impala convertible, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. What, what is it that drives people, motivates them, gets them to take action? So I started really drilling, in, drilling down and homing in on that and trying to and, and, and it just but the aha moment for sure there's just an, a more demand than than uh, available supply for good copy out there yeah absolutely that's great and the accuracy is so so important especially now with car prices going to where they are people really need to know that what they're purchasing is what they think they're purchasing and that it's true it's accurate and for new people in the automotive field what is it i'm getting into here tell me more mm-hmm. about this car so yeah it's fantastic Absolutely. How about proudest career moments? I would assume you've had many, but is there one in particular you could share with us? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I've got a really great set of uh, friends and contacts all around the world that I've been able to build up through my daily work, and uh, and and it's a really great first people I've gotten to meet and trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it's no like and trust is uh, sort of the three watchwords uh, in any business. But uh, the proud, probably the proudest moment for me was there was a situation where I was um, I had a, a contact who was acting on behalf of a client and a friend of theirs and they were quite a quite a distance uh, overseas they had a specific type of car they wanted they wanted an, an Indianapolis Roadster from the uh, you know, the 50s or the early 60s and they missed out on one very special one uh, at an auction and uh, they were very disappointed and but what I did is I showed them I said Listen, I I can get you probably as good or as good as or a better example for less money. Would you be interested in letting me help you to do that? I understand you're disappointed that you didn't get the car you in, you had in mind originally, mm-hmm. but I'd like to be able to have an opportunity to help source one that I think you'll be even more pleased with. And the gentleman, uh, the contact of mine and, and his client, they said yes wholeheartedly. I called a friend and he happened to have uh, um, dealt with one uh, originally that he had pulled out of the shop where it was built in San Bernardino uh, in California uh, years ago and had it restored to its uh, 1959 uh, Indy 500 uh, qualifying appearance. Nice. And with great, you know, done right and uh, beautifully presented. And uh, it happened to the fellow who, the gentleman, I should say, <laughs> I'm a writer and I say fella. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the gentleman who owned it at the time was um, um, going through some challenges and needed to uh, to uh, sell off a few of his holdings. And uh, one of them was this, uh, he, we were able to establish that the car had been sitting uh, next to his bar in his, uh, his uh, rec room in his house, actually. Wow. He drove it at the Monterey Historics once. Had the engine pickled after that and uh, preserved, and uh, it was a showpiece in his bar. Cool. Um, so we uh, we ended up uh, being able to put together a deal to get the car uh, into uh, into a new new person's hands, and uh, who was absolutely thrilled with it. He has a, a great collection of open world race cars, including Formula One cars uh, mm-hmm. from the sixties. Nice. And 
He's still happy. We stay in touch about every three months, uh, and uh, even though he's overseas, yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. But that was that was the first time I sat down and actually tried to make good from bad. And that's how I approach a, a deal like that: is everybody has to get what they need or mm-hmm. what they expect out of this. Right. Everybody needs to be treated fairly. Everybody needs to walk away with their head up and feel good about what they've done. And that's how I try to do my writing. That's how I try to interact with people in and out of business and also with customers. And and the idea is if you're, you know, again, if they know you and they like you and they, they've learned they can trust you, um, that's really the aha moment, I think, right then and there. And when that happened, uh, it was just like tumblers in a lock, <laughs> all aligning, planets aligning, and a deal was done, good was done. And we saw it through right to shipment, right to the gentleman and uh you know, he was, he, in fact, the man was so ecstatic that he, um, we secured the purchase of this uh, indie roadster for him. He wired the money twice because he didn't hear back fast enough the first oh, time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, you know, I mean, he, obviously that's a stand up uh, individual. I try to conduct myself that way, and I yeah. know my friends that I, uh, I interact with are the same. So that was the, the culmination of, um, wanting uh, desiring uh, to uh, to play a part in this business uh, on on the deal making side so that that was a really that was uh, um, my wife was ecstatic my friends that were helping me with in the process they were overjoyed and uh, it's a home run but you know and you don't always hit a home run but you know uh, you you can try and if you're you're not swinging uh, you're not uh, hitting the ball either <laughs> absolutely yeah that's a great metaphor and the seller was happy. He got paid twice, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he he owns a bank, so he uh, a small regional bank oh, okay. uh, owns yeah. one. So he he had that turned around post haste, but yeah. uh, he yeah. was pretty happy, impressed himself. Yeah, but, you know, I had that happen one time. A guy wired me money twice, and I'm I'm sitting there going, what, "What's going on here?" And yeah, yeah. luckily, uh, you know, those those of us who are honest send it right back. But uh, yeah, it's a funny you know story. Yeah, you know what? And the, there's far more. Uh, far more good than negative and it's a small world and people remember you so absolutely you know, yeah it all it all was just it was just probably that was for me that was the um, a really wonderful experience and my friends too great story let's have a little bit of fun here what was your first really special car maybe you could share a memory with that vehicle <laughs> yes um my first really special car would have to be um my uh, in when i was uh, finishing high school i i purchased a um a 1979 uh, 10th anniversary uh, Pontiac Trans Am. Cool. And uh, it was five years old at the time, and uh, it it was clearly neglected and unloved, and I just felt it was a really special car. I mean, I, I certainly uh, it, it was not the quickest or the fastest or the um, the. It, it was just it was a wonderful car to drive. It was just a wonderful experience, and at the time, you know, um, the shag type carpeting and the uh, mirrored T roof panels were solidly out of fashion. So, but I, <laughs> I I knew it was a special car, and I knew it was the one for me. So, uh, uh, and I just loved it. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit, cool. Yep, <laughs> very exactly. cool. Yeah. How about cars that you that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? Uh, yeah, the Trans Am. I sold it after four years, and mm. uh, I wish I uh, that was so I could go to university. And I uh, I really wish I'd uh, found a way to hang on to it. But uh, another one was my first new car. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate to purchase brand new a uh, 1988 Ford Mustang LX five liter. Oh wow! Five speed. Yeah, nice. 
and it was uh, hatchback and it was just um, I remember uh, asking uh, a few dealers about uh, performance cars so this was late 1987 you know some of them said what do you want to do fly the thing Uh, (laughs) I wanted something very specific it had to be lightweight it had to be stripped I didn't like all the spoilers and flares of the uh, GT I uh, wanted something really bare bones and kind of like the police package at the time oh yeah Uh uh-huh and it was just uh, an amazing car. I had it for almost 10 years and just uh, thoroughly loved it. Yeah, very cool. I love it. Well, how about career projects? What are you working on today? This new year, you know, we're we're recording this uh, earlier, but it's broadcasting mm-hmm. January 1, 2016. What do you have on the burner that really has you excited and fired up? Oh, I'm just thrilled to be working on the uh, on some catalogs for the Scottsdale auctions that are upcoming at the end of um, January 2016. Ooh, nice. Um, thrilled to do that. That's a that's a fun sale. It's usually those are high volume type sales too. Uh, you know the high end companies will generally have some of them will have two catalogs uh, for a two day sale. Mm-hmm. Arizona is a neat place, uh, which I plan to visit with my wife and kids sometime soon. But yeah. the the thing about it, there's a there's a lot of really great cars that sort of gravitate to that area or are from the Scottsdale uh, Phoenix Tucson area. Yeah. A lot of um, a lot of garage finds, a lot of barn finds, kind of come to market too uh, in the uh, uh, certain sp- certain parts of the market. Yeah, and the people are interesting. I mean, uh, a lot of these folks are retired, semi-retired. They may have had uh, prior careers. Um, there's actually a lot of Canadians down there right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's it's fun talking to people that can sign cars to the various auctions when I interview them or ask them about the history of their cars or. When I reach out to them to do the catalog copy, they, uh, you know, a lot of coincidences. There may be a lot of people that I've spoken to before in the past that happen to remember me. Yeah. Uh, the auction people uh, are are all really, uh, really fun to work with over the phone and in person. It's just, it's a, uh, th- that's a, that's a sale with momentum. It's an event that's got a lot of mojo, kind of like uh, Monterey without all the expectations it's it's and it's also the bellwether. It's the harbinger of what you know what the market's going to be like for the year. Absolutely, so it's, yeah, it's thrilling. Oh, it really is, and I'm really excited because this year Cars yeah is a sponsor at the Arizona Concorde Elegance. So I'm going to be down there. Hopefully, maybe we can get you to uh, come down. It's uh, January 26, I believe. But uh, that's you right. Know, companies like Gooding and Sotheby's and all these great great auction houses come together to uh, offer some. Ah, uh, spectacular cars. My daughter Paige lives down in Scottsdale, so it's a good excuse for your, for dad to come and visit. Nice, and uh, and then promptly leave and go to the car show. She always says, "Dad, <laughs> I thought you were here to see me." But yeah, come along, come along. But uh, yeah, the Arizona Concord. I'm very proud to be a part of that this year, and I'll even be having a uh, Arizona Concord week here at Cars yeah, with many of their oh. sponsors. So uh, we'll have some fun with that. But uh, hopefully, we can get you down to Arizona. It'll be a good time for you to leave. Ontario and come down to the warmth of the desert, I think. Especially during our El Nino coming up. Ah, yeah. It's going to be a tough year for a lot of us, I think. So fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, David. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? (laughs) (laughs) I love that question. That's uh, That had me thinking uh, when I was reviewing uh, the show. Awesome. I have to say there's never been a car that I – there's there's not a car out there that I – can't respect or enjoy love them all mm-hmm. from all eras but i would be count alexis de saknovsky's 1930 cord l29 the the blue haze coupe they called it wow 
that design won uh, all the triple crown of uh, um, the major uh, European concours that year mm-hmm. in 1930. He drove the car from uh, right off the ship, um, and it was the, the same ship that brought him to America as a renowned designer already. Um, he returned back in triumph with this car of his design and uh, drove it all over Europe uh, because you had to actually drive the car to the show. You couldn't trailer it. Nice. He went through five batteries, I think, making it to Monaco uh, <laughs> uh, uh, because he had a problem with the with the generator. But uh, groundbreaking car to start with as far as the chassis, uh, the, the front first American front drive car, as, to, as I understand it, um, and then... Uh, the beautiful, beautiful streamlined coupe body by by the Count, and wow. I think he's got to be one of the most underrated designers of all time. You know that question brings forth some really, really creative and unique answers, and yours is definitely up there in the top ten. Wow, what a spectacular car! That that's a car I've not thought about in a long time. I have to go back and do a little research and uh, review my brain cells on on the history and the history of that designer. But uh, wow, what a great great answer. I love that. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. So David, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money that you don't spend on cars? Dr. Chris Kimball, CFP. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN or visit chriskimble.com, or you can find his information at carsyad.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders or 12 or 16 or whatever you drive. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finra Sipic. Okay, David, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received buy a used car <laughs> yes don't go into debt for yeah, a car buy a, buy a good used car and uh, pay cash it won't owe you anything absolutely i have a good friend eddie who lives up here in the pacific northwest he's a fellow uh, sports car fanatic and porsche car fan and uh, he's found some awesome awesome cars that have just been sitting in people's garages he saved uh, many many dollars buying cars that way i always look up to eddie so eddie there's a shout out to you buddy and uh, you and david have the one of the best advices about buying cars would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success over the years do what you love Mm. follow your passion people will argue not to do that or that that's overrated it's what's worked for me and it's what's turned things around here uh personally you know you'd think it'd be risky to work on your own and and develop business and and prospect and 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 do what i do uh you know economic times change and things like that relationships change but there's less risk less insecurity by doing what you love than doing something else that you're good at or trained for, but you don't love. You know, you're speaking to the choir here. Um, mm. You're now sitting here doing this a podcast, something that I started about a year and a half ago, something completely new out of my comfort zone, but uh, you're right. And you're my 414th guest here on Cars Yeah. So there's you four, know it. 414 people uh, that have now said exactly the same thing. Figure out what you love and figure out a way to make it a part of your daily life. Fantastic. How about a resource? I know there's a lot of them out there, but is there one in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy that you like? Absolutely. First of all, in general, hard like printed books 
I, I have my shelf right next to me. I've been building a small library. They're not dead. They're still alive. Hooray! <laughs> they're still they're still relevant. They're still useful. Yes. Uh, and 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 that's the first thing. There's so many that I could list off right now. Um, it's hard to find really good, reliable uh, racing results, especially when they're from classic years. Part of a car's value sometimes is driven by its oh its yeah. racing use in the past. Yes. There's a website I love called www.racingsportscars.com. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fantastic website yeah. uh, with good, good, reliable information and, and photos of these cars in action at, at specific events. Awesome. So I, I use it a lot. Great. I love that. Well, you talked about building a library, so this is going to be a tough question, but is there one book in particular you think our listeners would really enjoy that you've read that you like? Oh, <laughs> again, lots. Um, yeah. There's, um, Wow. That is a really good question. I, there's so many, and I have them in my shelf and scattered around the house at all, at all the time. Um, one that I um, really live by in particular, though, is, um, well, there's again, there's several. <laughs> it's too hard to say, but uh, there's one I love. It's the, um, the Classic Era, and it was edited by Beverly Ray Kimes who uh, was a driving force behind um, the uh, establishment and the growth of Automobile Quarterly, mm. one of my favorite books, mm-hmm. or book series. Um, and, and again, in my high school years, I mean, the librarian, basically, when Automobile Quarterly's new edition came out, he, he basically signed it out and stamped it and handed it to me as I walked into the room yeah. because he knew that I'd be going for it right away. So <laughs> um, the classic era by Beverly Ray Kimes, Wonderful book with lots of beautiful classic era cars oh, and lots of great photos. Yeah, it, you know, I'm glad you recommend that book because it's the first time it's been recommended here. And I love it when new books are put on the uh, Cars yeah, library shelf, if you will. And Automobile Quarterly, oh, I'm so sad they're not around anymore. I just, uh, somebody's got to step in and pick that up and start bringing those back to us Absolutely. because I've got a massive number of those going back years and years. And when they stopped uh, sending them, I'm like, what happened? What happened? They're so wonderful. So. That made me sad when that happened. Yeah, great comment, too, that, you know, books Thank are you. not dead. I, I interview a lot of authors here at Cars. Yeah, I've got uh, an, an interview this afternoon with an author of a, a book about Ford racing. And, uh, yeah, libraries are so, so important. So great comment. I would remind our listeners that you can find all these great resources that David shared with us at com slash David Nayans. And his last name is pr- pronounced Nayans, but it's spelled N E Y. E-N-S. And there's also another great place on the Cars yeah website, Guest Recommended Books, with this book and all the past guest books with quick, easy links so you can get your hands on these, purchase them, and add to your automotive library. All right, David, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the price. It's New Year's. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like to start the year off right. What would that one vehicle be and why? Yes, it would be the Mercedes-Benz uh, 300 SLR that uh, Sterling Moss and uh, Dennis Jenkinson uh, drove to win the Millia Millia in 1955. Oh, well, you know, one of my past guest is smiling right now, Dwight T. Knowlton, who is an author of two fantastic children's books, and one of them is titled The Great Race, about that car, and uh, Dwight and I got to stand together on the lawn at Pebble Beach last summer looking at that car. I 
We both put our hand on it just very gently, I will say. Oh, yeah. What a history. What a car. Well, tell me a little bit more about what it is about the Mercedes 300 SLR that just – I know the provenance of that car is important, but what about the car that just ah, pulls on your heart? The epic drive, just Sterling Moss at the wheel. I saw him uh, at uh, uh, the Gooding & Company Amelia Island auction last year when there was a Maserati 200 SI being offered. And it was, and I and I saw him when he was out on the tour beforehand. Mm -hmm. And I happened to be just crossing uh, an intersection, and there was someone driving him in uh, in the, I believe it's the Stovebolt uh, Special. It's a oh yeah. uh, a British uh, racing car with a Chevrolet engine. Yeah, and he was being driven on the tour, and I happened to see him, and he, you know, he's obviously had such an amazing life, but to see him. And be about literally 500 feet away from him. Yeah, just blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, then to see him speak just for ever so briefly, and and uh, uh, was a, was was really something. And the only thing better would have been to have shook the man's hand, shaken the man's hand. But uh, his drive uh, at the Millie Amelia, and then Dennis Jenkinson. I mean, he, you know the the driving force behind Motorsport Magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, he was there at all the great races. If he wasn't competing, he was there, like right in the pits, yeah. covering these events. He developed the rolling, um, the rolling uh, rally note. Uh, I know, isn't that great? Idea. Yeah. I mean, that's just inspired. And uh, so, anyway, to me, that's one of the greatest cars, and certainly the greatest duo in rallying I, I, I can think of. And there's there's so many. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll share with you a really cool story. I was at Retromobile in Paris, 2011, and uh, so a group of people had invited me to join them for dinner. There was only about eight of us, mm -hmm. and I said, "Okay, that'd be pretty fun." I'd never met most of these people. One of the one of the gentlemen there I knew is Hans Whirl, who is uh, was working for VRM at the time and now works for an Auction House. Anyway, we uh, were in the lobby of the hotel waiting for the rest of the folks to show up. And guess who walked through the door? <laughs> Sterling Moss and his oh, wife. Wow. And I said, whoa, there's Sterling Moss. And the gentleman who invited us said, yeah, he's having dinner with us tonight. Oh. And, and I went, what? And we walked through the streets of Paris. I'll never forget that evening. We walked down this little alley, walked into this little restaurant. The owner came out, shook hands, took us upstairs to a private room. We sat for about three hours having dinner in Paris, and I sat next to Sir Sterling Moss. Oh, what an experience. And I just uh, – the whole night was surreal. I had no camera with me, no phone to even get a picture of what was happening. I don't oh, even wow. have a picture. I didn't even ask him for an autograph because it just – it didn't seem appropriate for the evening. It just seemed too intimate and too perfect. And yes. I'll just never forget sitting there listening to him speak and his, his lovely wife and, and the other people in the room. And it was just a magical, magical moment I'll always have in, in a part of my skull that will never go away. So, uh, yeah, really great guy. I wish what you could have been there. I wish you could have been there with us, David. <laughs> oh, I'd have loved that. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> spectacular. Well, David, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories, and I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Mercedes-Benz 300 SLR with Sterling, we'll say at the wheel, he could give you a ride. Oh, I like that. Uh, absolutely. I'll keep it short. Basically, do what you say, say what you'll do, and just, just be kind to everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely the way to go through life. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and your business? 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I have uh, a website called www.classicconcours.com where I'm, um, it's just been established and I'm, I'm covering uh, events and shows uh, and uh, bringing that out, uh, that side of uh, what I do out there as a web presence. Mm-hmm. And uh, also by, uh, by phone or email, of course, and uh, I'll I always try to try my best to get back to people as soon as possible. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll make sure that we list all that contact information on your Cars Yeah show notes page. And listeners, you can find that at CarsYeah.com. Just put David in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with links and connections so that you can connect with David and and, uh, find out what he's doing and learn more. And as we enter into the new year, David, I want to wish you and all the Cars Yeah listeners a incredibly successful 2016. Whatever you're passionate about, go out, make this year your year to live your automotive dreams. David, thank you for being so generous today for your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much and have a great 2016. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Cars Yeah!